0: Are there parts of motherhood that did not come naturally? Do you feel overwhelmed? Are there secrets you wish you knew in advance about the motherhood journey? Could you use a place to cope with motherhood, laugh your woes away, and lighten the mommy guilt? Welcome to Toward finding a mom-life balance. Welcome back to Torn, Finding a Mom-Life Balance. On this month's podcast episodes, we're going to focus in on L-O-V, love. The first part of the series, we're going to talk specifically about parental love. So memes, I know when I first decided to consider adoption for becoming a parent as I was filling out the paperwork, this parental love um, thought just came through my mind. And I just didn't know if I was up for the task because in my mind, parental love meant a lot of sacrifice. You know, I saw moms all the time laying aside her needs to fulfill our five bajillion needs, (laughs) Um, watching Abuela care for everybody's needs and always being considered the community mom. Um, And it just seemed like the big emphasis was you didn't do me time and everything was always about the little people. So it just seemed like a high order to fill.
1: For sure. High twin tribe. These are the big shoes to fill. If there's, I don't think there's a role. We can look at like heads of state and all these other things and publicly that seems like a lot of pressure. But if there's a role that I have always put the most um, expectation in, I have strong judgments about <laughs> it's that parental love, and what it looks like, how it shows up and I I assumed it came naturally in my mind it was like well there's no one that I could say I have you know you, you don't test drive it and it's not something you try to figure out like how am I going to show up but it, it bigger part was what was looming over me was my expectation of what it was going to be to be the lioness that my mother is for me to be the wise comforter, nurturer, community servant that my grandmother um, always was. Abuela was in, just like katina said, um, so many called her ma, turned up at her doorstep, counted on her. Um, so it definitely came with high expectations. And then your own navigation of, you know, who you want to be to this new person that you're bringing into the world and, and if with you know unconditionally without being able to design the blueprint you were gonna say yep you're mine I love you good bad and ugly like I'm telling you compared to anything else I, I you know I'm not married but even versus vows and death to us part like this these are the big shoes to fill in my opinion
0: yeah, I think so daunting that originally, you know, when me and Steve, my husband, were doing our pre-marriage counseling, like this was my big fat donut number. <laughs> like I found it so daunting to have to provide for someone, love someone so sacrificially that I was like, nope, I- I'm good. I got I'll I'll go with zero <laughs> because I don't know, Torn Tribe, if you've gotten to know me well over the years now and over all these podcast episodes, but I tend to be the all or nothing. If I think I can knock it out of the park, you got me 100%. If I think that I'm not going to knock it out of the park, I'm not showing up. <laughs> like I'm not going to even try.
1: But it's, it's interesting because we had different perceptions of it with the same pressure. And yet what I brought to it was some of the narrative I had of other endeavors that I had taken on. If I had quit, if I wasn't committed, like if I had to compare my commitment to anything physical, anything hard, anything that made me sweat, (laughs) then I would be like, well, this isn't for you. All those things apply. It's hard. You sweat. You cry. Your muscles ache the next day. It's unnatural to you. (laughs) And you got to get up and like ask for more um and in that insecurity of you know i will i not quit um because again it comes with this judgment of this the way i've thought of people who have left right whatever parent mother father my judgments of anyone who's decided like i can't do this for whatever reason um and and you know in torn tribe not at not when we do co-parenting not when living situations but someone who like legitimately like i have no trace of where this parent is um i would ask myself questions like who who gets up and says i made this choice i know this person and i'm not going to you know so those are all the like fears in the back of my mind and did I have the muscle for it? Did I have the, when it was hard for, and and all the things out of your control, when challenges arose on the outside, when something happened in the relationship, when it was through a phase that was unfamiliar. And I have to say, um, once it did happen, because it's also like thinking back to another version of myself and that person feels so far in because now being a mother is just, who i am and in my dna now right yeah who you were
0: before has passed yeah and and died so
1: (laughs) you know and it's like a blurry (laughs) recollection of the feelings emotions fears anticipation all of that is very different than my day-to-day so and then you get to meet this new person and you know it I think in all the situations when Athena thinks about adopting, um, I had my stepson and all the challenges you're questioning. I think the biggest thing with me of parenting is not being a hypocrite, right? You say all these things. It's like, I'm not going to be like my parents were when I was younger or I'm asking Omar, like, where's that? Where does this like natural, Uh, default to has to eat I scheduled the day I did like I wasn't built that way like overnight I was supposed to like have this (laughs) artillery of uh, go-to tactics in a way of doing my day I didn't even do that for myself and so it was just no judgment no judgment (laughs) torn tribe no judgment um and so, uh, you know, you're thrown into those responses, And I remember some of our like very heated arguments about, but you were home and why didn't you think of that? And it's like, because two days ago, a week ago, however long we, you know, we were together, <laughs> I didn't have Five months ago. those things at all. <laughs> and you didn't clue me in, which is the other thing of like what you're expecting. And then when you're sharing the experience with someone else and what they're expecting, what the bar is. And so I jumped into those waters first. And then it was the the things that I anticipated, which is like zero to 12 months. In my mind, (laughs) I thought about parenting and it was always like the breastfeeding, good, bad, and the ugly, uh, the bathing, the tummy time, the singing songs, the story time. Like we're approaching six now, Torn Tribe. I have no idea what's coming ahead because I never thought about these times. Like the opinion I'm, is already overrated to me. I'm like, why did I want you to be independent? Why did I want you to speak up and answer back? Um, and so I think originally it's like this idea you have in your mind, then it's the actual relationship and then circumstances start occurring that cause you to ask yourself who you really are, what really matters, what you want to resonate Because, you know, this is, you know, we all make the joke that these are the relationships that are going to put you on the therapy couch. And, you know, when people have concerns or we're going into relationships, it's like, what's their relationship with their mom? What's their relationship with their dad? (laughs) Um, So it's all high stakes. But I think another comforting thought, and Athena, I, I, I know you mentioned abuela, for me it was. I was always keeping in the back of my mind my grandmother's faith and that what she believed her purpose in parenting was was to create like good citizens, good human beings because they were lent to her. And having that grain of parenting in me kind of always checked me. It, it took off the inclination of a mini-me. It took off this idea that we had to be exactly the same. And actually, I really love how much of the kids is so different. Like Justin and Omar do the sports thing and Sophie loves the sports thing. And Bella is, uh, you know, she's an athlete. She's rock solid, um, always moving around and creative. And for me, that that's a learning curve for me, but then I'm the artsy history. You know, I put on my CBS Sunday morning, they're absorbing that too. And it's a mix, but I think, before ever having to deal with the complexity of my parental love, having my grandmother's voice kind of give me that wisdom where it's like, don't get too attached. Don't, like, how could you possibly not? But also remember, don't get too attached because this relationship is really challenging you, molding you, and molding them, but for them to spread their wings and create their own life.
0: Yeah, they will leave the nest. We could only pray and hope. Please, Lord Jesus, let them leave the nest at some point. Um, But it's curious me because that's kind of what I wanted to share here with the Torn Tribe. Like, how did we get to the place of embracing our parental love? And I will say, yes, it's 100 percent my faith. You know, when um, when I was thinking about adoption and becoming a mom through adoption, there's verse in the book of James that talks about what true pure religion is, and it's taking care of the orphan and the widow. And so if I considered myself a believer in Christ, and I wanted to reach the ultimate stakes, it meant becoming a mom to an orphan. And so it just speared me on and encouraged me that, hey, I do have things in my toolkit, and I might not be aware of them ahead of time. I might not be thinking about it at all ahead of time, but there are things that God has placed in my life to equip me to be the mom that I need to be to have the parental love that I need to have for my four sons specifically. Right. So it's not a love that I was going to be equipped with for any child and like just any random child. He had a specific calling for these four specific boys that I didn't even know the number was going to be four. Right. So there's that. And so that gave me comfort to realize, Hey, if I love Jesus so much and Jesus is the ultimate sacrificial person, like that is what he did. He came and he died for me. He laid down his life and I love that about him so much. And I'm so grateful for it then natural gratitude would be to represent that to my family, represent that to my sons. And so it became easier realizing that it was just a season and memes. That's why I love when Ebola would talk about that. And she would tell me that as I was folding laundry at midnight, you know, she would be like, oh, you're just like me. I used to do laundry very late at night. Um And she would just tell me to continue to pray over them as I was doing that laundry because it was just a short season that I would have to do that much laundry and that there would come a day that I would actually miss it. And of course I thought she was crazy (laughs) to even say such a thing, but she was right. Like you do as they grow up and um, become their independent selves, you do begin to miss their dependency upon you. So, the next stage of parental love that often challenged me and scared me was um, the stage where your child starts seeking and doing things on their own and fail you know and how do i not judge them shame them continue to pour wisdom and guidance in them without trying without being controlling but truly coming from a heart of unconditional love and wanting the best for them.
1: I definitely think, uh, I always thank God and I think the universe like aligns things. So I get a little bit of a preview because that is one of the struggles. I My patience, my wait time, my let me leave it in your hands and see you through it. Like I'm in here in the water with you, but I you need to, you know, Learn to swim, you need to sound out the letters. You so recently with reading with Soph, it I was asking my mom all sorts of questions. I was like, what was I like? Did I get sounds? Did I get blends? Did I understand? (laughs) I sure
0: didn't. (laughs) I got
1: something else though. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just it's just so interesting to me because I've always had a curiosity of like, what was my mind at a different time? You know, like where you can't remember the when you learned or what you knew or what you don't know. Uh, you only know, you don't know what you don't know. And, but I think watching them sink or swim, watching them use the tools that you're giving them and, if you see where they're about to make the error or you're seeing like they're not taking something as seriously as you think they should and sitting back. And again, Graham is one of those examples that the way she would approach teaching you was so wise. and It's so hard. It's so hard to just patiently watch and give the guidance. And even in different phases, just trust that They will remember what you instilled. And secondly, that they'll do trial and error, that they're going to have failures. They're going to pick themselves up. Um, It's heart-wrenching sometimes.
0: I think the reason, I think the main thing, the reason it's so hard as they get older, what I've realized, like my parental love for my oldest, like he's 20, so... It's hard for me because it's like, man, the mistakes now can be life or death, right? You're driving around campus, you're driving to this elementary school, you make one Mm -hmm. wrong decision and that's it, right? Or it just seems so daunting. But and then I have to remember myself at that age and say, you know, I've been having this thought a lot lately. It's like, well, when I was his age, I thought I was fine and able (laughs) to do whatever. Um, And and I can't even say that he has that attitude. Like, he does not have that attitude. Like, he actually called. So the battery in the car didn't start this week. And he was competent enough to get himself a carpool there to the school that he needed to teach at. He said, I didn't communicate effectively because my ride left me. (laughs) I didn't have a ride back. So I had to carpool with someone else on the way
1: back. But he didn't spend the night at the school.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then he's like, and then I called parking services to jump my car. And he went and bought a battery, got it installed, figured out that his tires weren't balanced right because of the air pressure because being on a mountain. And like, he did all these things that just left my jaw on the floor because... I didn't have a car in college and i probably would not have handled it as well as he did i would have been probably in the fetus position crying yelling at my mom why is this piece of junk not starting
1: <laughs> no or i would have just well i i will like delay an issue so i probably would have just
0: left it parked and figure out the other way yeah. i also
1: would have someone found else carpool, could but push i wouldn't it. have gotten it
0: fixed. Yes, you are also the child that never filled up on gas. But (laughs) (laughs) So I have to remember stories like that and say, and I made it here and now I'm parenting him. Like, what qualifies me for that? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. And so I think I've become less judgmental and more willing to sit back and listen and bite my tongue because that's the one thing i would say about myself that i've grown in as a parent is biting my tongue which i never did that before <laughs> being a parent i did not reserve my opinions or even recognize how impactful certain statements are like how cutting they are right mm. and so the thought of do i i this is someone that i want to build up and i never want to tear down right? This is someone I don't want to provoke and frustrate. This is someone I want to encourage and make them believe that they can do anything, right? And that they are equipped and able and worthy. And so because this is someone that I want to embrace those things, it's, um, it's miraculous to see how much it changes my character. Cause it's like, well, if that's what I want, then those are the things that I need to show them and speak it over them. And it's like what you came out saying, me like, not be a hypocrite. Right. So it's like, well, if I say that I trust you, Sash, then I need to not call you every five seconds (laughs) and see if you're Double check everything (laughs) you do. Yeah. I don't need to log into Life360 and, check that dot all the time to be like okay he's in his dorm room I see it I zoom 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 in now I can go to bed at night no (laughs) you know it's like a whole nother level of trust and that parental love and so I often tell my girlfriends like when they're little you hold them, right? Like Philip went and got a vaccination shot today. So I held him and I comforted him. Mm. Sasha went and got a battery today and I prayed for him. I folded my hands. I was praying for that child because I was like, Lord, please bring someone that knows how to jump a battery because this is his first time doing it. And I don't want him to blow himself away. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like there is a positive and a negative on the battery. There is red and black <laughs> colors. Like, Please read the instructions. Five times. (laughs) Um, So it goes from like that holding and being their comfort to praying to that folding of praying for them, that God will be their comfort and step in for them because they're getting to the place where you're not always physically going to be there to show up, nor are you called to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But also the other thing I'm conscious of in this phase of really practicing and living out that unconditional love because it's easy to show unconditional love for a child that just spills the milk, right? Like the physical milk in a cup, and you clean it up, and you give them milk again, and they do it again. That is okay, because it's just spilt milk. But how do you show unconditional love to the child that you told them, use your computer for this, and you find them using it for something else? Or they? you tell them, you know, be careful on social media, they get on social media, and they get their whole account wiped out. <laughs> you know, like... How do you continually show unconditional love and not get frustrated?
1: Um, How do you
0: get to the other side? And I would say, Torn Tribe, how I've gotten to the other side, because I used to be the type of person that I've told you once, I've told you twice. Now the third time, I might clock you over the head because I'm not sure if my words are being effective. Um, But how I've changed from that is truly becoming a better listener and then putting myself in their shoes and saying, if I was treated this way, would I still talk to this person? Regardless of my title of being their mom, right? Because we all know we have friends that don't even talk to their parents, right? So that that's the continual thing I come back to when I think of unconditionally loving my kids and showing them grace and showing myself grace is am I doing things that would make them pick up the phone and give me a call. Or when I call them, they're going to pick up the phone.
1: Mm. And if
0: the answer is no, this is going to break the relationship, I hold off. I refrain from my comment because it's probably it's not needed, right? Because if it can't be received with grease and it's not going to build up and it it's just going to tear down and it's just going to cause a gap, then it's not needed.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a work in progress. You spill the milk, I'm giving you a cup of the straw. (laughs) Because you don't clean up your mess yet. And I'm working on it because I know that you're not always going to have a straw. (laughs) You're not always. Well, you might.
0: You might. I still drink
1: with a straw. (laughs) Yeah, but, but, you know, and I try to balance how many times it's like, oh, you're not ready for that. To how can we do this better? Are you paying attention? Should I be concerned that you keep dropping? (laughs) Um, Because, again, I'll um, refer to the conscious parent, I really do try to check myself on what the lesson is for me is it that I need the control? Is it that I am poorly managing my time? And that's why I'm huffing and puffing and have an attitude in the morning when we have to do certain things, because I already know, you know, the pace that you are at this age or what we need, um, what you need help with what you can do independently. And, and I, I know I'll miss it. I know I will miss the getting asked for some you know, assistance with the boots or when I've really been enjoying doing her hair lately and I was thinking I was like there's going to be a point where she's like brushing it herself um, and it's those small things where you start realizing like what matters to them because I definitely have a little one that will delegate and there's certain things that she just could not be bothered to do Justin as well and then there's other things that legitimately they want to share with you and I think Athena hits the point. It's like, will they want to continue sharing it with you? Will you be the one they turn to for advice and not to tell them what to do, not to approve, but to think it through because you know them as well as you know them. And, you know, you can give your wisdom and your perspective. Or is the giving you the straw instead of letting you figure it out or having you help me clean up going to have you have an internal doubt? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, about what you can do and how well you'll do it. Um, So I definitely think, you know, parental love (laughs) continues to be something that's my self-reflection, my personal development on what am I communicating about my love and what about me can be more
0: aligned to,
1: you know, the result that I want from our relationship.
0: Yeah. I would say the root of it all, Torn Tribe, that I've noticed over the years and with my four sons, each of my four sons, you know, they're all very different. They all receive love differently. They all give love differently. But the one consistent thing that that I've noticed in my parental love towards all of them is grace. Grace upon grace. They love to receive grace. They love to give grace. And I've even learned to give myself grace with each one of them because parental love is not perfection. It is sometimes going to cause them to end up on the therapy couch. Um, We all need therapy, by the way, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can't avoid the therapy couch. Um, But it also doesn't mean that they just because there are certain things that aren't perfect in your relationship, that it's going to cause them to not look for you. Right. So. I, I think the grace is wrapped up in the fact that we're all human um, regardless of my title. And I share this with my boys all the time that, yes, I'm your mom, but that does not mean I'm perfect. doesn't mean I have all the answers. It just means that in certain phases of your life, it felt like I had all the answers, right? But it, at some point you will outgrow me like intellectually <laughs> and um, physically, um like in strength because i have four sons i won't always be the strongest <laughs> compared to you and you'll probably be taller than me and my oldest are already wiser than me um but that shouldn't limit our relationship right so i think torn tribe my takeaway is root your peer in love and grace and realize that it's going to forever continue to change because your children are human and living and constantly changing. Definitely. And I would say
1: offer yourself um, whatever was the most comforting from your relationship, any parental relationship, and tweak it as needed, but definitely offer whatever you felt was what made all the difference right if it was the security if it was the comfort if it was the discipline um
0: and carrying that forward and now for our men's segment where we share a highlight from the week well memes i would like to do our men's segment um (laughs) What's mending you this week?
1: So I got a new set of Japa Malas, um, my 108 beads for meditation. And I I, you know, I will often say that things come when they're supposed to come. And so I had a pair, they fell apart before I moved and I never replaced them. And then I was reading something that kind of reminded me of the reason I got the first set. And then they mentioned them. And I was like, okay, I hear it, universe. God, I'm going to go get myself my Java Malas. <laughs> and um, I'm enjoying having something simple to bring me back to, like, a very simple routine of just repeating my mantra and getting centered with, um, you know, a little relic that connects me to the, the meditation.
0: Cool. It's similar uh, along the same lines, um, my mend is, uh, um, this past Sunday, we, me and Steve actually taught children's ministry and we were kicking off like a whole new unit and it was about manna. Um, what is this? <laughs> Literally, that's what the word <laughs> means in Hebrew. What is this? Um, and it's what God rained down from heaven to feed the children of Israel but what spoke to me the most out of it that mended me, and this is going to be ironic, right, because it was their complaining. <laughs> um, Because their complaint was, God, you brought us here to die. <laughs> and when we were in Egypt, we sat around and we ate like tons of meat and tons of food all the time. And it just made me chuckle because I'm like, one, you totally don't understand God's character and then because he's the giver of life he didn't bring you there to die but and then two you were a slave in Egypt so what slaves do you know sit around just eating all the time Mm -hmm. so and it just made me realize that when I sit around sometimes thinking about what life was like before kids (laughs) before I became a parent I sometimes have that distorted view of myself that I was sitting around doing things for me because that's just not true, right? (laughs) Means like, I don't think I ever sat around like me being busy and having a schedule that makes me feel like sometimes I'm drowning is really has nothing to do with (laughs) with my children. It's just me, right? It's just me. It's just my personality. I don't know how to sit still and be okay doing nothing. So Having that revelation on Sunday mended me because this week I've actually been conscious of my uncomfortable state of being when I have 15 minutes to do nothing. Hmm. I have 15 minutes to do nothing and I spend the 15 minutes wrestling with myself mentally saying, should I sit and write real quick what I'm supposed to write for this? Or like, should I fill it with something else? Or is it okay that I sit here and I wait 15 minutes and just take a breath before I get on my next call? And I, I
1: will offer the words of my sage coach and allow yourself the possibility of a still 15 minutes, right? Or of an unfilled 15 minutes. And I think when we, yeah. what you're how, talking how about I? is reframing, <laughs> reframing, right? Because what time yeah. was, what pressure was pre parenting in parenting, what 15 minutes feels like, um, but allowing yourself the possibility.
0: Yeah. So there we go to try. We're going to allow ourselves the possibility because I know if other people are doing it with me, I'll feel better. <laughs> about just sitting there for 15 minutes but i am going to force myself to get to the place where i'm not spending the 15 minutes like wrestling about the 15 minutes (laughs) because that's futile that's kind of silly (laughs) i was like why am i sitting here doing this i'm going to embrace the possibility of sitting and doing nothing for 15 minutes i love it Torn Tribe, we would love
1: for you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We would really love a, an email, a, you know, where you share either a torn moment, suggestions, feedback, what you're thinking um, about Athena memes and the Torn Tribe and feeling torn. And drop us an email to tornmlb at gmail.com.
0: Thanks for joining. Choose grace. When you feel torn, choose Choose grace. grace.